We have so many blessings in our lives, don't we? If we were to start to count the blessings that we have experienced just this morning, we would run out of fingers and we would probably run out of toes to tally them on. What it all comes down to is perspective, right? Is our glass half empty or is it half full? If we allow ourselves to dwell on the negative, we're going to find ourselves missing the blessings that are all around us. If our attitude is positive, we are more likely to notice and acknowledge these great blessings that God has so generously bestowed upon us. So let's take a minute to do a quick inventory. This morning, I'm guessing everyone who is here or who's watching at home woke up. So there's one blessing. God blessed you with another day. And I'm also pretty certain you woke up in a bed with plenty of blankets to keep you warm and you weren't on a dirt floor. You also had a roof over your head. That's three. And you were warm and you were dry. Unless some of you haven't stepped into the modern world, I'm guessing you also took some of your first steps towards indoor plumbing. Just a guess. You may have also woken up to the smell of Thanksgiving food being prepared, or you had the blessing of having the food to prepare for your family this morning. And you also experienced the blessing of mobility to either get up and get here today or to move to a place where you could watch the service. And so there we have it. I've eliminated one hand's worth of fingers, counting down the blessings that we have And I haven't even gotten very specific, have I? I've been very generalized. I haven't delved into the elements of your personal life at all, which you're probably thankful about. Another thing to be thankful for. We have so many blessings, but often we can fail to see what is so obvious right in front of our eyes. Instead, we often choose the other end of the spectrum, and this leads us to be anxious This leads us to be ungrateful. And I believe this is a a particularly strong temptation for us in our current season. This has been a decidedly strange year. It would be very easy to dwell on the negative, and I'm guessing that that if you're like me, you have found yourself doing that far more often than you have dwelled on the positive. And in many ways, we could easily justify feeling this way. But that isn't the proper perspective to have. And so it's important that we take the time today to come to our passage in Philippians to find the proper perspective and to center ourselves on the blessings that God has so graciously bestowed upon us. And so we're going to break down this passage into three points like we often do. We're going to see first that we're called to be prayerful and thankful. Prayer is where the Christian is called to. That's where we're called to go to submit our anxiety to God. And there's so much temptation to do the opposite. Instead of being prayerful, we we often feel better avoiding things altogether. As if we can push our troubles and our anxieties aside by not even praying about them. If we avoid them, we don't have to think about them, right? But Paul makes it clear that we're called to submit those things to our God in prayer. Secondly, 
God blesses us with peace. And this is not just ordinary peace. This is a peace that passes understanding, Paul tells us. In other words, it's a peace that just won't make sense to the world. It's contrary to the ways of the world, but it is a peace that is all-encompassing, and it protects our hearts and our minds. And lastly, we see that we are to dwell on the things of God. These are the things that calm our anxieties, and they are rooted in the nature of God, of who he is. And our anxiety actually comes from moving away from the things of God. And so we're called to dwell on him and work to conform our lives to his standards, not our own. And so we land now in the sixth verse of the fourth chapter of Philippians, and we start out with Paul telling the Philippian church not to be anxious about anything. Now you might read that and think, sure, that's easy for Paul to say. He didn't go to the mailbox this week and find an unexpected medical bill. Paul didn't have to replace an appliance or the tires on his car this past month, and it didn't mess up his budget. Well, that's true. That's very true. He didn't have those kinds of issues that we have in our modern world, but there were plenty of things that would have been an issue for Paul in his day. Remember, this is the guy. This is the guy who traveled on missionary journeys and had shipwrecks. This is the guy who we assume had very poor vision because he comments on how large his handwriting is at the end of the book of Galatians. So regardless of the times, problems and anxieties are real. And yet Paul tells us that we should not be anxious about anything. I don't know, I don't know how you're wired, but I think there are many of us who hear this and we believe that that is an impossible feat. I think people have always been wired like this, but I really think that in our modern day, technology has made this worse. We live, many of us, we live with a device in our pocket that can buzz or beep at any moment. Now, it could be a humorous meme that a friend sends to us. That, that's great. But we've probably all gotten calls that are awful. We have those moments where we wonder if that buzz in our pocket is something good or if it's something that's life-changing. We feel this all the time because we're continuously on call and we're waiting for the next thing, whether that is something humorous or something dreadful and life-changing. Now, even if you aren't prone to anxiety, technology can push us in that direction. And my point is that at some level, every one of us struggles with this. We feel this. And what it comes down to is that we truly struggle to believe that God is actually in control. We fail to trust. We want to be in control. And I think that you would agree that I have pretty accurately diagnosed the problem. But what is the solution? I wouldn't say that... I personally really struggle with anxiety as it's usually defined, but I will openly tell you that I struggle to relax. I have to be doing something. I'm always plotting the next thing to do, running through the options, and I, and I really struggle to quiet my mind. 
I'm the type of person who works on vacation and, and lays in bed at night trying to figure out how to do something better or figure out what the next step is. And I have a good friend from, from seminary who's very much wired the same way I am. And uh, we struggle with the same thing. And one day I sent him a text and said, Nick, how do you, how do you relax? And his response was, when I figure it out, I'll tell you. My point in bringing this up is I think we often come to this issue of anxiety and many others. And as I asked my friend how he does it, I was looking for a tip or a trick that would solve my problem, right? I think we think we're just one tip or one trick away from taking care of this. If we could just figure one thing out, if we could find something easy, we could, we could take care of these problems that we feel, that we could, we could resolve this struggle. I thought maybe my friend had a tip that would make this easy, that would help me settle my mind down, and I'll be honest with you, I hoped it would be something easy. But it never is easy. Paul has a solution here, but it is far from easy. He tells us that in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we should let our requests be made known to God. It sounds like a pretty simple thing, right? Pray. But that's not as easy as it sounds, is it? It's one thing to say a prayer. It's another thing to bring everything before God, to really lay things out to him, and to trust that he's going to care for you. And notice what it says here. It says to do it with thanksgiving. We're to do this with an attitude of thanks, and to do that, we have to take inventory of our blessings and realize that God is caring for us and that ultimately, he's the one who's in control. That's not just a simple table prayer before a meal, is it? That's humbly submitting everything to God with the goal of laying those burdens, laying those burdens at his feet, those things we struggle with, and then here comes the hardest part, leaving them there, leaving those things there, and trusting that God is truly the one who's in control, and that isn't a quick fix. That's not one tip or trick that will help us with the anxiety that we have. It takes faith. It takes trust to do this. And we see in our next verse of this passage what the benefit of laying this stuff down before our God in thanksgiving is. When we do this, we receive a peace from God. And doesn't that sound like exactly what we need? Any solution to the issues that we face that, that comes from us, any solution that you and I come up with, is going to end up being shallow, it's going to be temporary. But a peace from God, that's deep. That is lasting. It's a peace that, that comes from trusting that the sovereign Lord of all of creation is in control and that he loves you and that he takes care of you. It's a peace that is comprehensive and not just feeling better about a few things, but it's about knowing that God is in control. It's knowing that those things that, that you've let go of are not just abandoned and forgotten, they are taken care of by the one who is truly in control. And as Paul says here, it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. 
In other words, it's a peace that doesn't make sense by the standards of the world. Someone who doesn't have faith is not going to be able to understand, not going to be able to understand that you've given your cares over to God because it doesn't seem logical. If you believe that ultimately you are the one who is in control, then letting go doesn't seem to make any sense. Letting go of these things is only going to make it go out of control. When I was a kid, I put a lot of quarters, a lot of quarters into a Star Wars arcade game. It had a controller like you were flying the ship. You could move it and you pulled the triggers and fired the guns. It was old. It was just green and red. You kids can't even imagine what it looks like. It was wireframed. You can't even imagine this thing. But it had really primitive digital voices in it. Quotes from the movie. And uh, there was one point where Jedi Master Obi-Wan would say, Luke, let go. And my friends and I always thought it was funny to let go of the controller. Not funny, but we did it every time. But we grabbed it right away because we didn't want to waste our quarter, right? We didn't want to go careening into the side and have our game be over and we've got to put our money in. I mean, back then, two quarters got you a pack of baseball cards. I wasn't about to waste my quarter. Now, I tell you this story because I think we do the same thing. We know we need to let go. But we grab the controls as soon as we let go. We don't want things to careen out of control. We believe that we have to be in control. We may turn things over to God, but we're prone to grabbing those things back. But this peace that surpasses understanding, and while it's natural to want to retain our grip on things, we're called to this peace that passes understanding. We're called to truly let go and let God take hold, and we see that there's an amazing benefit to trusting that God himself is in control. This peace that we're talking about about will, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the idea, the imagery that we have here is that of a military guard protecting you. The peace that comes from thankful prayer and supplication protects you. It guards your heart and your minds. And when we think about it, we can understand the benefit of this, right? We understand the benefit of this protection. Where do some of the most effective attacks on our faith occur? In the midst of our anxieties, in the midst of our fears. Doubts can creep in and they can attack our hearts and our minds. And it can cause us to question things. But this peace of God that comes from trusting in him protects our hearts and mind. It sets a guard around our hearts. And we desperately need that, especially when we are in times of anxiety. And so, what do we need? We need to be able to be protected and to know that the Holy Spirit is at work in us and building us up in faith. And as we come to our final two verses today, we see what we do. We see what we do to have this peace. We dwell on the things of God. We look to whatever is true. Well, God is truth. His word is truth. It will not fail. 
It says that we look to what is honorable. God is honorable. And we learn how to be honorable ourselves through his holy law. We see the justice of God. We see that in how seriously God takes sin. And we look to his saving work on the cross to understand how he satisfies that justice for us through the death of Christ. And we're called to look at what is pure. And we know that God is pure and holy. And we know how we can pursue pursue purity ourselves in God's word. And we know what is lovely and commendable and excellent from looking deeply into this word of truth. And we know that he alone is worthy of praise because he alone is God. And he alone is the one that we bow down before. And these are all things that we are called to dwell on, the Apostle Paul says. And we see the truth of this in the nature of God, which we learn about in his holy word. So if we're to dwell on these things, then we need to know God's word. We need to hear his word. We need to have the gospel proclaimed to us to motivate us to live in holiness and to aspire to reflect the character of God. And Paul admonishes his audience here in Philippi to remember what they have learned and what they have seen in him. And and he says that when they do these things, they will experience the peace of God. Now, as I said before, this isn't a magic bullet. This isn't a simple tip or trick that will get you to the end goal. It takes work. It takes being diligent to pursue the things of God and to know his word, but the payoff, the payoff is worth it. It brings peace that passes understanding, an understanding of who God is. And this peace guards our hearts and our minds. And this is so important for us right now. Today is Thanksgiving. And this is a year where our perspective can easily be skewed. But at the same time, perhaps this is the year when we stop and we appreciate the purpose of this holiday. Perhaps we will have a little less time today perusing shopping flyers and looking for the best deals and instead appreciate the gifts the Lord has blessed us with. Perhaps we can more fully appreciate pursuing things that are eternal and focus less on the things that are temporary. And so with that hope, I want us to come away with two points of application this morning. First, remember the life of a Christian is primarily driven by thankfulness. We talk about this all the time. As believers, In the Lord Jesus Christ, we are motivated by gratitude. This is our operating system. We understand that we are sinful and fallen, that we're unable to save ourselves, and yet God in Christ reached out to us and rescued us when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. There is nothing greater for us to be thankful for than that good news. There is nothing better for us than to hear that saving work of Christ because it leads us to gratitude. And this is good because we can get up every day 
We can awake every day and know that the wrath of God for our sin has been satisfied in the work of our Savior for us. We can get up each day and know that we have been given the perfect righteousness of Jesus in the place of our unrighteousness. And there is no greater, there is no greater motivation for gratitude. None. If we start with that gospel motivation, it will trickle down into other areas of our lives and we will see the blessings of God that we have received and it will continue to manifest itself in our lives. We will live lives of thanksgiving. Secondly, be a people that pursue prayer. As Paul spells out, this life that moves away from anxiety and instead finds contentment and peace. It's about being prayerful. He implores us to pray and to leave our troubles and worries in the hands of our gracious, sovereign God who cares for us and helps us and bears our burdens. And as I said, this isn't easy. A life soaked in prayer is difficult. But when we pursue God in prayer, we read that he blesses us and cares for us and he guards our hearts and our minds. He helps those things of the world to to seem less important, those things that are temporary, those things that we struggle with. And instead, we are brought into focus on that which is eternal, that which truly lasts. And even when we don't know, even when we don't know where to begin with prayer, God still hears our prayers. And so let us go to him, regardless of how we're feeling or where we're at. May we lay our burdens at the foot of our gracious God and trust that he not only hears us, but may we also trust that he is going to bless us and that he will protect our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.